I have uh, been spending a lot of time in Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That word sacrifice, I think, would be much better said to be the word offering. That that word bodies would be much better to be thought of as yourself, to present yourself. Bodies is okay as long as you understand this isn't a weight reduction program. It might include that, but we're talking about the whole person here, not just the body. God, I, 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 um, I have been in the presence of the Lord in a way that I find it hard to find the words for. It is even difficult to even understand having been in the presence of the Lord in such a way that I can even understand why that it would be said that I, that God or even a man like Paul would be saying to a Christian group or a Christian person, I implore you or I beseech you or I beg you. Because having spend some, been spending some time with God, I find God to me to be so completely irresistible that I don't understand why we would have to be asked to do anything of this nature. We have heard in the past that the Holy Ghost is called the Hound of Heaven. And Chris has played a movie. I don't know, was that in the morning or did he do that? Where's Chris? Pardon me? It was both. It was played both here. There's a poem. Is it a poem? Would you say it's a poem? Or a, a hound of heaven? It, it's a poem. And it's beautiful. And it's talking about this man that God is after. And he won't give up on. And the Holy Ghost is after. And the Holy Spirit is after him. And he's called the hound of heaven. And no matter how far he goes, how far he runs, or how deep he goes, the Holy Ghost is on his back. Constantly saying, come home. You know, you used to, I was listening to Brian Houston. Brian Houston is the man who started Hillsong. And Brian Houston was just giving his personal testimony to Billy Graham and how he had gone to a Billy Graham crusade when back in when Billy Graham was first starting and he had a crusade in Australia. And how he came with the song Ye who are willing, come home. Come home, come home. God reaching out, telling man, please come home, come home.
how the hound of heaven just, just come, come back, come back. And after spending time with God, it's like God is so amazing and so wonderful and so beautiful. indescribable that why would anybody have to be hounded to come to him one of the areas that I have been frequently drawn to in the last month or maybe even longer but more so in the last month and increasingly so for me because I, only, I not only haven't been preaching this, I have been doing it, this word. And you may remember, and I've been very honest, that maybe as close as two months ago, that I have looked in the mirror, mirror and looked at this face and said to God, God, you said, God is not a man that he should lie, correct? Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he spoken? Shall it not come to pass? You were making reference to that scripture? And I looked at this face in the mirror and I said, God, you said that you foreknew me and them that you have foreknown, them you have predestined to be conformed to the image of your son. And I said to God, you're falling down on the job here. Because I, I don't see it. A lot of us have been coughing for some time now. That's been going around. My wife coughing, coughing, coughing for two and a half, three weeks. I got cough drops in my pocket right here. You knew you, you need some. I got some. Wait just a second here. This this is gonna work. In the name of Jesus. I command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this body to be healed and this throat be healed. And I drive out this 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 coffin. Whatever is causing this coffin, come out of him in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, Hallelujah. <coughs> Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's done. Hallelujah. It is done. So I looked in the mirror and I said, God, you get, you're not even close. I see a face that Got a long ways to go to be conformed to the image of your son. And we're talking spirit here. We're not we're talking spiritual, we're not talking physical. I'm talking spiritual. How many of you remember me saying that? One person. <laughs> Three, four?
I look in the face, I look in the mirror and say, God, we're there. Does that sound like bragging? I'm not bragging, I'm bragging on him. Next verse. Put the next verse up there, by the way, because this is interesting, because it says, be not conformed. Now, I want to sh- tell you something. That word conformed right there is not the same word that's in Romans 8 that says that he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Totally different word in the Greek. That word conformed has to do with us doing it to ourselves by participating in the world's system of things. The word conformed in Romans 8 has to do with God doing something in us. And then he says to conform to this world, but be transformed. Now that word transformed is almost the same thing as conformed. And both conformed and transformed are rooted off the word that says where Jesus is in the form of God in Philippians 2. Though Jesus was in the form of God, morphe. And they have to do with God converting us or forming us into the form of God. And it goes back to that first verse, presenting your body a living sacrifice. So having done it. Now, let's back up. It says, let's go back to verse 1. Beseech you, brethren. Whether or not it is actually God speaking here, and God is speaking in his word, and I believe it is, or Paul himself that's saying to the church at Rome, I beseech you, and I believe that word beseech is one of the best translations, is I'm begging you. I'm begging you, brethren, by the mercies of God, and one of the best translations of that is, I'm begging you because of what God has done for you. What has God done for you? God, for God so loved you when he sent his son to die for you. And having been in the presence of God, I'm going to back up in a minute and tell you how. But having been there, I am ashamed in a sense that man would ever have to be begged to present themselves as an offering of God to God. Now, what does that mean as an offering to God? We're not talking about sacrifice here. We're talking about what Jesus himself said as he was being prepared to be an offering to God in Matthew 21 and 22. When they said, what is the first of all commandments? And he said, the first of all commandments is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. Other, trend, other, other places is with all thy mind and all thy soul and with all thy strength. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so what it's saying there is, I'm begging you that you love God with all your heart. Now we know 
from John in 1 John that we can't love God until you know, you can't love God first. You can only love God to the degree that you understand that he loves you. That's why it says by the mercies of God. So you can only love God equal to how much you understand he loves you. And you can't love him more. So you have to understand and believe, like it says in 1 John 4, you have to understand that I have known and believed in the love that God has for me. That's because where it says, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, I'm telling you what my experience is here. And one of the first experiences I have is why in the universe, in the world, in the heavenlies, would God Almighty love me in the first place? Why would he love you in the first place? This, this is, I'm going back, I said I go to, I go to Isaiah 40 a lot. Isaiah 40 starts off with a prophecy that John the Baptist prophesies. Saying, the mountains shall be brought low and the valleys shall be made level and the straight there shall be made a straight way for the Lord. And basically he's, it's that place where he says, you know, pre- prepare the way of the Lord because the Christ is coming. Then he says something, one of the most beautiful things. And he shall pick up his lambs and he shall bear his lambs in his bosom and uh, he shall nurture his lambs. Walter Tchaikovsky used to sing a song. He shall feed his flock. And he shall carry his lambs in his bosom. Good to remember. Because all of a sudden, Isaiah goes into, well, there it is. He shall feed his flock like a good shepherd or like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. All of a sudden, he starts going into how incredible God is. And he says, well, let's just read it now that you've got it. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? You know what that means? Who has measured all the oceans and the seas and the lakes in the palm of his hand? It doesn't mean he just held them there. He knows down to the last fraction of an ounce just how much it is instantly or met it out the heaven with a span you know what the heaven is of the heaven the universe so, pastor you've said this before please please we're talking about almighty god here give me a break Meted out the heaven with a spout. That meant the universe from pinky to thumb. Who has ever measured out from pinky to thumb the universe? Our God. Who can comprehend the dust of the earth in a measure? 
every grain of dust instantly. Tell you how much, how many grains of dust there is instantly. Weigh the mountains in a scale, in a balance, down to the milli-ounce, all the mountains, every mountain. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord? That means, you know, who's ever told him what to do? Nobody's ever told God what to do. Or who was ever his counselor and hath taught him? Who's ever taught God what to do? Nobody's ever told God what to With whom took he counsel? He has never took anybody, taken anybody's counsel. Who's instructed him, taught him the path of judgment, taught him knowledge, showed to him the way of understanding? Who could ever tell God? Who could give him any understanding or wisdom? He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He, he's all-knowing. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket. All the nations are nothing but a drop in the bucket to him and are as counted as a small dust, dust in the balance. He taketh the isles. You know what the isles are? are? What continents, what we call continents, he calls little islands. He says, counted the dust to balance. The islands are nothing but dust to him. Behold, he taketh the isles and the very, he has a very little thing. It's nothing to him. The Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. You know what he means by Lebanon? Lebanon had the forest among all forests. And he says, if you burned every tree in Lebanon, if you burned every tree in California, if you burned every tree in America or South America, it wouldn't be sufficient to burn the, every animal on the face of the earth for a burnt offering to sacrifice to that to our God. It wouldn't be enough as an offering. Whew. Next verse, please. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. Keep going. To whom then will he liken God? What, who on the face of the earth will he liken unto God? Or what likeness will he compare unto God? What likeness will be compared unto God? Remember that. A workman melteth a graven image. You know what that means? A workman melteth some gold. A goldsmith spread it over, uh, um, uh, over gold with gold and cast the silver in the chains. He that has, he's so, he says, anybody that's so broke, he, he has oblation, he chooses a tree. He can't afford gold, so he cuts up a tree, one that, you know, is not going to, one that's going to last. And he seeketh cunning workmen to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have you not been told from the beginning? Have you no understanding from the foundations of the earth? Is it not he that sitteth upon the circle upon the earth? He rides the earth like it was a horse. <laughs> he stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent that dwelleth in it. That bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, the stock, the, their stock shall not take root in the earth. He, is the, he blows upon it. They shall, not, they shall wither. The, the whirlwind shall take them away as a stubble. To whom then will he, ye liken me? Who shall be equal? There is no rival. He has no rival. He has no equal. It is he that has, he has he's the great kingdom. He is forever. Yeah. Saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and 
Behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out the host by number. He calleth them all by names, by greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why saith thou, O Jacob? Why speaketh, O Israel? My way is hidden from God. My judgment is passed over from him. He doesn't know what I'm doing. I hide what I'm doing. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint, neither is he weary? There is no searching of understanding with him. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no, no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth, shall, the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord. Now, put the, take that off for a minute. You know how he started before he started this? He said, he shall gather his lambs in his bosom. And then he started talking about God and being great and all these other things. This all, this all started. You know, when I think about in Revelation where he holds seven stars in his hands and he talks. He's like, his voice is like many waters, you know. And he goes on and on and on. And he just, he's so great. He's so mighty. Great and mighty is he. And then I was thinking, Lord, why, why would you choose me? Why, why would he choose you? Why would he love me? This great God of the universe, me, this little nothing down on earth. Less than nothing. Remember that song you used to say, I, I who am nothing. I, I who am no one. I don't know, I need no more, more than that. I mean, why? I said, God, why? Why? I, I, in his presence, so deep in his presence, I said, God, why would you choose me? I've got to know. Just get used to disappointment. <laughs> he says, I don't have to tell you why I do things. <laughs> Isn't it enough that I do? Isn't it enough for you to know that I have? Is it enough for you to know that I love you? Yes, but it's so overwhelming. It's so, wow, you, that you love me. Is it so amazing that he loves me? You know what's even more amazing? That he desires me to love him. Me. What? He desires me so much to love him that he bought me with a price. That price was Jesus. I beseech you by the mercies of God. So I go into his presence by, by the blood of Jesus. Because, see, that's what he did. Jesus says, I'm going to buy you and, and pay for you so that you can love the Father. You know, everybody talks about giving glory to God. I don't have a mission to give glory to God. I just want to give glory to God because I love Him. That may sound contradictory, but I just love Jesus. I don't have any more missions. I just want to love Him. I want to love him with all my heart. And I've been loving him. I've been going into his presence by the precious blood of Jesus and by the name of Jesus and lifting my hands as the evening sacrifice and saying to the Heavenly Father, I worship you. Oh my goodness, I've spent, there's a verse of scripture in Psalm 84 that talks about 
A day in his presence is more than thousands elsewhere. And I spent 24 hours in the presence of the Lord. And I can guarantee you it's more than thousands elsewhere. It's like I don't ever want to leave. In the presence of the Lord, it's like nothing else matters. It's like, God, I don't care about anything else anymore. He says, I don't care if you, you, you do anything for me. I don't care if you... He says, well, wait a minute. Hold on there. I like to do things for you. Oh, oh, okay. He says, don't you like to do things for your children? Yeah, I do. He says, well, I like to do things for you. Okay, all right. Well, I'll believe for that. I was giving him my whole body. You know, it says present your bodies, right? So I said, Lord, I'm going to give you my body. I'm going to give you my fingers. Give you my hands. Give you my toes. Give you my feet. Give you my hands. Give you my legs. Give you my arms. Give you my whole body. Give you my belly. Everything. I just give it to you, Lord. It's all yours now. I was talking to Rick. I said, if you want to know how I'm doing, ask God. Because all this belongs to him now. You know, on the other hand, Jesus is mine. So if you want to know how God's doing, ask me. Does that sound crazy? I sing song. Blessed Redeemer, Jesus is my... And then I couldn't go on any further. Spent 30 minutes thinking about Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Hallelujah. Ricky says, where does it say Jesus is yours? He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Who do you think he gave his son to? Moi. Jesus is mine. Jesus... You are mine. You are mine. You got my hands. I got yours. Hello? Presence of the Lord. Oh my goodness. It's like, it is so good. It's like being drunk on the the love of Jesus. In that song, it says, lost in his love. I says, man, I want to, I get lost. Well, you know, back in, uh, I remembered in this, this thing in, in, in uh, Fiddler on the Roof, where the son-in-law says, uh, riches is the sickness of mankind. And the guy in the Fiddler on the Roof says, may I get sick and never get well, <laughs> you know. And I'm thinking, lost in his love, may I get lost and never get found. Lost in his love. Amen? You get it? Lost in His love? That's in that song, you know. Lost in His love. It's, it's another thing is in that song. Angels descending and say, and from above, and, they says, and it says, uh, Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. <laughs> you know, God created this universe with whispering. <laughs> he didn't have to yell. To speak this world, he whispered, boom, it happens. You think he whispers and nothing happens? Whispers of love. He loves me and he desires to be loved by me. He loves you and he desires to be loved for you. He desires it so much, he died for you. He died for you. You come out of there loving everybody. I mean, you start loving people on the TV that you used to hate. You start loving Joy Basart or whatever her name is. You start loving her. You start loving everybody. Hello? Oh my goodness, you know, you're in the presence of God and you start worshiping him and you start telling Jesus, I love you. You know, I remember I, I go up, you get up, next thing you know, you crawl up on his lap and you start 
sitting in his lap and you start telling, telling him how much you love him. Abba, Father, your daddy. You know, and you start putting your hands on his cheeks. Now, this, and you say, did you really do that? I really did that. Did I really see him? No, but I imagined it. Do you know what uh, meditation, the word meditation is in the Greek? It's meliteo. And you know what the definition of meliteo is? To imagine. And so I imagine I'm sitting in the Father's lap. And I put my hands on his cheeks. And rub his cheeks. And tell him how much I love him. I said, you are awesome. I love you so much. I just want to be with you forever. I want to, how you are magnificent. Heavenly Father, you are so great. You are magnificent. You know, and then I take a step off and I remember Kimmy used to be, she used to sit in my lap when she was like 15. Kimmy used to run, get a run and start and flip me over. I'm like, whoa. We'd do a little gymnastics there in the living room. So I said, I'll just do that to my father. I run and start jump on him and flipped him over in his throne. The angels had to come over there and help us up. <laughs> then I moved to my Savior. And I sit in my Savior's lab. And I rub my fingers over on his cheeks where the scars were where they plucked out the beard and I kissed him where those scars were and I kissed his cheeks and I asked him to turn around and I lifted up his robe where the scars were on his back where he had been whipped Mm -hmm. and I rubbed my fingers over the scars on his back and I kissed the scars on his back and I said I love you. You're my savior. You're my king. You're my master. And I touched his hands. And I put them on my cheeks. And I touched the scars in his hands. And I said, those are my hands. I love them, Lord. And I just touched them. I kissed the scars on his hands. And I rubbed his feet. And I cried over them. And I kissed the scars on his feet and I said you're my savior you're my husband Lord Lord oh hallelujah you said wait a minute he's my husband said in the Bible Paul says in 2nd Corinthians 11 chapter to the church of Corinth I have desired to present you to the Lord as a chaste virgin, as a bride to your husband. And I want to be presented to my Christ as a chaste virgin to my Lord. Is that all right? I'm just going by scripture. Amen. I love my wife more. I, I, I just can't tell you how much I love my wife. She is the most beautiful woman. Hallelujah. She is so beautiful. Oh, man. I was thinking a song was running through my heart today. And I was thinking, well, hallelujah. This spiritual song just suddenly come in my mind and I started singing you are the woman that I've always dreamed of I knew it from the start I saw your face and that's the last I seen of my heart ooh then I went in the room and I sang it to Jesus You are the God that I've always dreamed of. I knew it from the start. I've been singing to the Lord. I seek your face, Lord. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Hallelujah. You know what God said? 
God said in Psalm, in Isaiah 49, that he carved my name on his hands. Oh my, the living God, the God of the universe, carved my name on his hands. Oh my, is it possible? And I wonder, and I say, Lord, how is it that I ever had to be sought by you? Listen to me. This, I'm going to end with this. And it's going to, if, it, if this doesn't blow you away, I'll retire. <laughs> if this doesn't blow you away, I got this. I've been, I've been hearing God. I get jots and tittle. I'm like, a jot blows me away. You know what a jot is? That's what Jesus said. Uh, uh, every jot and tittle, uh, uh, every word of God will be fulfilled. Even jot and tittle. Jot and tittle is the smallest letter in the, in the actual Hebrew alphabet. In the Greek, you know what the jot is? Iota. You've heard somebody, I one iota. Comes from the Greek word iota. Tittle is the smallest punctuation mark. And I'm like, thy words were found and I did eat them. And they were joy and rejoicing in my heart. And I just, I've sat in God's lap and says, I just, just give me a jot. Just give me a tittle. I just want to taste, uh, give me a taste of a jot. Because a jot coming out of God's mouth is like worth more than a thousand elsewhere. I want to invite you into the presence of the Lord, of the living God. Now this is it. This is going to blow you away. I'm getting cold chill bumps and anointing just thinking about this. This came to me. This is brand new. If you don't get this, if this isn't brand new for you, then I'm going to be, I'm going to, I want to know why you didn't share this with me. Don't shut this out because you say, oh, I already knew this because you, you didn't know this. Not all of it. I went in, in the presence of the Lord, I went in, I was changing my clothes. Everything is, is like, everything takes me nowadays about five times longer. Because every time, every, I put on a sock and I got to praise the Lord for 15 minutes. And it's worth it. Just thinking about it, man. Oh Lord, my heart is not proud, neither are my eyes fixed on things beyond me. In the quiet I have stilled my soul like a child at rest. On his mother's breast, I have stilled my soul completely. What do you think it is being fed with the milk of the word? The sincere milk of the word. That, what do you think that comes from? A goat? No, it comes from the mother's breast. El Shaddai, mother's breast. Hallelujah. All right, this is it. If I can get through it. Chapter 4 of John. Jesus says he has to go back to Galilee from Judea. I have to go through Samaria, which 
wasn't necessarily true. And probably they would not have gone, except that he had business of the Lord to take care of. So they go through a city called Sychar. Only he stops at Jacob's well. And he lingers there and sends the disciples on into Sychar in Samaria to get food. He waits at the well. And a woman comes from the city to get water. You know the story somewhat, I'm sure. What you probably didn't consider is this woman is going at a time when most people didn't, most women didn't go to draw well because she wasn't liked by the other women. And the disciples would have passed her on the way and they would have known that. Then they would have said to themselves, should we go back? And be with him because this woman's going to be there. So the woman goes on, the disciples goes on, and she gets there with her bucket. And Jesus says, give me a drink. And she is befuddled and she says, how is, how is it that you, a Jew, would ask me, a, Samar- a Samaritan, Samaritan woman for a drink because Jews don't have any dealings with Samaritans and he would say he said to her if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is with you and you would ask me for a drink or him for a drink and he would give you living water which would endure to everlasting life and you would never thirst again and she says get me the, he says how can you give me water you don't have a bucket to draw from he says give me a drink of this water and uh, he goes on to say to her that uh, Jesus said to her call your husband The woman says, answer says, I have no husband. He says, well, you said right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. The man you have now living with is not your husband. Five husbands. I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't because she divorced five men and now living with another man. They pretty much dumped her. Women didn't dump the men. In that society, the men dumped the women. And then the women didn't have a place to live. And they went looking for another man, hoping to find a man that would support them. Finally, she found a man that would support her and didn't have to marry him. And so she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Pretty good perception of her. She says, you know, we worship God in the mountains here. You worship God in the temple. And then he says, "Uh, the hour, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither worship in the mountain nor in Jerusalem, uh, the Father, but you shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And you know what's going on here? And then he says, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. 
You know what he just said? For the Father seeketh you to worship him. A woman that has had five husbands was living in adultery with another. And Jesus says, The Father seeketh you. That's what he said. Wow. I don't know why God chose me, but he did. And I'm just loving it. (laughs) I don't know why you love me like you do. I don't know why you just do. You get that? (laughs) Wow. God, thank you for loving me. And thank you for Allowing me to love you. Thank you for even wanting me to love you. And I love you. I choose to love you. But I couldn't even do that. But you allow me to do that. And Lord, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you with all my heart and with all my strength and with all my might and with all my soul and with all my being and with all my body. And I'm going to love you because this is what you created me for. And this is what you chose me for. And everything else is secondary. And yes, I'm going to give you glory, but I'm going to give you glory because I love you. Yes, Christ came to the earth, but Christ came to the earth to give you glory because Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus died because he loved you. I am going to love my neighbor as myself because I love you. I love you, God, because you love me and everything I do for you, everything I ever do again is because I love you. And that's all that matters. Jesus died so that I could love you. And I'm going to do it. Bless God I'm going to do it. Because you empowered me to do it. And the power I got that I may know you in the power of your resurrection is only so that I can love you with everything that's in my being. And bless God. Hallelujah. I just don't care about anything else. Because bless. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. And I love my father. And I love him. I love both of you. And Holy Ghost, I love you too. Hallelujah. I love you. Bless God.